0: Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact the Grand Group by emailing the Grand Group at adina Or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with the Diner Realty, three-time Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins three-game series against the Detroit Tigers. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Min for the Win. My name is David Kupas. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins swept the Tigers prior to the All-Star break, come directly out of the All-Star break to get swept by the Tigers. It seemed apropos, I guess, of the season. A little bit of hope followed by disastrous events. Yeah, Dick Bramer said that towards the end of the Game 3 here on
1: Sunday. I I felt like this is so disappointing. Right, it's just so disappointing. It was disappointing, first of all, that the rainout happened on th- on Friday because I was ready to watch some baseball. Yeah, and uh, Friday, it'd been a long time, right? Six days. Yeah, and I think that was the problem. I think that the, well, it was part of the problem, right? The Twins just looked stale. They just could not score runs. What four in the whole series?
0: Agreed. So, did you? Uh, does that mean you took a break Dan? You didn't pay attention to any of the All Star festivities? Well, so it's
1: funny you mentioned the All Star festivities, David, because there's one thing about the All Star game that really got me. Do you remember, David? Oh, no. When Nelson Cruz came up to bat in the (laughs) All-Star game, what was going on, right? He's having a conversation with Joe Buck while he's walking up there. He's at the plate, and he's talking. And my favorite part was that Nelson Cruz swung at the first pitch and basically said, I'm done with this, right? This is a stupid deal. Stupid, David.
0: Oh, Dan, I think it's I think it's revolutionary and I can't wait for it to come. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) Would you stop with this? You're just posturing. You know, you don't like it either. Oh,
0: I think it's ridiculous. But I just awful. But you're so much more upset, especially the All-Star game. Like, yes. And even in the spring training games, I don't mind it that much. But yeah, in a game that matters to the team. If you're a fan of a team, you do not want your player focused on anything except for what he's supposed to be doing. And so doing an interview with the All-Star Game announcing crew, yeah, probably shouldn't be 1A on his list of priorities.
1: No, and, and to be fair, it was the All-Star Game. Exactly. It was, it, it's a which show. Do, which I, does not matter I, at all anymore. No, so, yeah. and, and, and really, like, I would like to kind of know what a batter's thinking when they're up to plate. Yeah, up yeah. The plate. But, but at the same time, I don't think that actually, that's awfully invasive, right? Invasive? Don't you think it's in- invasive? Don't you think it's an invasive thing to like be talking and having a conversation while you're batting? Do you like to talk while you're playing games?
0: No, David- no, no. No, I I see what you're saying I guess from that perspective. Invasive just makes it sound like such a personal <laughs> term. Like it's well, just like it's not like they're asking him what underwear he's wearing. Dan.
1: No, but like they're asking him like well, I think they were gonna ask him a little bit more, like, "So, what'd you think of that pitch? What were you looking for? This yeah. and that, like, some more strategic things." But you could have that conversation after the game. Certainly, there's nothing. Yeah. Anyway, I just when I saw that tweet that that was gonna happen, and then at, at least, thank goodness, Nelson Cruz just did one pitch and he was done. So, yeah. <laughs> hooray for that. But man, alive, David.
0: Oh, All right, man. Okay. Well, yeah, I uh, I kept an eye on the All Star festivities, but I gotta say, Dan Taylor Rogers getting the nod there. Uh, the late, the late call up, pretty much because he was the only warm MLB body that was that was near the stadium who could. Well, because he's in Denver already, exactly. right? It's his off season yeah.
1: home. How handy! Yeah. Yes, it did <laughs> feel a little bit like that. I, I wish there had been his brother, his twin brother, b- being there would have been just fantastic. Well, we should probably just get into these and a double header david which hopefully we're not going to see that many more of these seven inning doubleheaders.
0: no we'll have to we'll have to talk about that a little bit later here there was a press conference that manfred had discussing some of the changes in the past couple of years and hopefully those changes are going away is what it seems
1: let's hope so all right so let's go into the series recap series
0: recap game one dan i'm not kidding you here so, this one, I had listened to most of it. I didn't get to see it live. And so I was listening to it. And so I went back after the game to watch the highlights, as I typically do. No joke, Dan. You can go right now to the MLB website and you can go to the game recap for this game and you can click on video highlights. And you know what it says, Dan? No highlights available. There Nothing are, available? There's no not even Robbie available. Grossman's home run nope, where they run the, the home, camera. Not even point? the home run. Isn't that amazing, Dan? So that. Tw- <laughs> Yeah. Twins lose this one 1-0, and honestly, after the first uh, pitch of the game, that was basically the entirety of the highlights necessary in this game, Dan. I mean, Donaldson did have that error, I I guess.
1: Um, (laughs) uh, Other than that, yeah, I mean, the Twins only had runners in scoring position on two different at-bats. Yeah. Just nothing happening. They didn't even strike out very much. You know, like it was, I don't know, it was a weird... Quick game. At least it was quick, right? But I I do wish this was, again, the kind of game that makes me so frustrated with seven-inning games. Because you got to think, if the Twins have another inning or two, to just score a run surely surely this offense can scrape together a run
0: well you would think they could do it in seven innings though Dan I guess at that point (laughs) do you really think think two innings is really going to help them that much well yeah I do I think I think it makes a difference it it does no I'm I'm with you we don't have to rehash this discussion we've had it about a million times but yes seven inning double headers are stupid however there were a couple of bright spots to take away uh, from this game really only one but so Barnes makes his MLB debut he goes four and two-thirds innings only gives up four hits one run uh, one walk. It's really disappointing the team couldn't do anything to give him some offense.
1: I think they pointed out, well, you know, Bert Blylevin gave up a home run in his first major league at that. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe there's some parallels there. Um, no, Charlie Barnes looked good. It was nice to see a, a relief pitcher come up. At least if you're going to come up and pitch your first major league game against the tigers is not a bad way to go right no accurate. kind of softens the landing a little bit
0: i am curious you got to think that he's going to get another opportunity here as the season progresses and you think some of that probably depends what happens prior to the trade deadline
1: well i would think i mean jay Happ only increased his trade value uh in this <laughs> series david right
0: <laughs> oh man we'll get to ahead jay of ourselves we, yes, we should go to
1: game two there okay. on this doubleheader
0: <laughs> game two Twins lose this one 5-4, a much more interesting game than game one. It actually goes into extra innings technically because they go into the eighth inning in what should have been a seven-inning game. This was an ugly game in a a lot of ways. I guess it just seemed like it was sloppy baseball, poor throws. The thing is, neither team recorded an error, but it seemed like there were like five errors in this game, didn't it? Were there a lot of dumbs? (laughs) There were a lot of dumbs, yes. Andrew Hoganson, yeah, shout out. There a lot of dumbs in this game, certainly. Well,
1: anytime. So Nelson Cruz had a stolen base, which yep, is always, always a good time. Interesting yeah. That trade um, value, let me tell you. It's just going up and up. Well, because people are going to see him as a speedster now. Yes. Um, no, Donaldson hitting the home run. Donaldson looks really engaged right now. Yes, um, yes. Which is encouraging to see. And I don't know. I mean, this was hard because it felt like, again, a game where if Byron Buxton is playing, the Twins probably win.
0: Yeah, you would think so. He does seem to, in a game like this where there's such high energy, he does seem like the guy who would be a difference maker in this particular outing.
1: Well, and I'm thinking of the bottom of the eighth, because you figure in the bottom of the eighth, that run probably doesn't drop in that ball doesn't drop in i bet buxton makes that catch and it's a very different game but again another rule we don't like right the runner on second starting the game comes up and comes back to bite the twins again and and i see they didn't do your rogers robles order no i think that was really the bigger problem that's
0: the problem here dan i don't know how many times here's the thing if it didn't prove to be so consistent that that happens when the order isn't used then i wouldn't be saying it as often as i do
1: no this you are what's the conference it's confirmation bias. David, right? You only notice the times when no, it doesn't work.
0: No, not if the stats bear I think it out. That that's true.
1: Well, do you, I just have trouble believing that you've remembered every instance when they mess up the order oh. for your precious Rogers Robles. I
0: it sits with me deeply, Dan, I would not forget <laughs> these games. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> well, anything more on this Tigers five to
0: four win here? No, I mean, it was a fun game to watch, I guess. I mean, like I said, it did seem like there were a lot of mistakes that weren't necessarily errors, And it was really exciting at the end. And if you were a Tigers fan, the thing about being a Tigers fan, Dan, is what the Twins fans need to learn for the rest of this season. Get really hyped for those games that are exciting because realize in the grand scheme of things, this game doesn't particularly matter.
1: Well, and a couple things about Tigers fans then, and this is more for the whole series in some sense, but... They're watching Miguel Cabrera here. In kind of his twilight, they're getting to watch a Hall of Famer here chase. Yeah, I forget how many home runs he has now. But, I mean, to be able to chase records, that was fun. It's it's fun to see things like a walk-off hit from a Hall of Fame guy. I mean, from a baseball standpoint, you're right. That was a really exciting game. Also, Akil Badu, um, the Twins cast-off, has looked really good lately for the Tigers.
0: Well, It's an interesting story. So you can read um, on The Athletic, Gleeman had an article, for whatever reason, just adding insult to injury as far as the Twins season is concerned. Gleeman writes an article about the players that the Twins have given up who are raking in the majors currently, and Badu is one of them. And he's interesting because he was a Rule 5 pickup by the Tigers. And this is a guy who had played, I think he played in high A, and I think that's as high as he played in the minors. So the Tigers took this guy knowing in the Rule 5 draft you have to keep the guy on your roster for the entirety of the season. That's not luck. You know what I'm saying? Like There is somebody on the Tigers staff who saw this guy, saw he was available, and said, here's a guy who hasn't played above high A, who we should probably have on our Major League roster.
1: Yeah, so yeah. So how and, did the
0: Twins... And do you know who the Twins protect, protected instead? Now, okay, they, they protected uh, Balzovic, which makes sense, Over, which appears to make sense, but Ben Rortvet, Dan, is is You who don't love the,
1: Ben Rortvet right now. He's batting 129. With, with 129, all of the, I mean, the
0: outfield on. staffing issues the Twins have had so far this season, can you imagine, as opposed to having Rortvet behind the plate, you have Badu out in the outfield?
1: That sure would be nice right now, though obviously the Twins didn't think they had space for him heading into the season well, with, yeah, with how things went. Of so. course,
0: hindsight 2020, but that doesn't excuse the fact that another team picked out a guy from your organization who was at high A to be on their major league roster. That's not like a A guy who you just didn't feel was ready yet, Dan. That's a guy who's still developing, who they thought, what is this guy doing here? He can play on our team now.
1: Well, but the Tigers have room for him, right? The Tigers aren't no, any good. No, I mean, they, they no, can don't take care. risks no, that's, like that, no. too. So.
0: Well, yes. I Okay, so if that's your argument that it was a high-risk, high-reward situation, no, there, there's just the, the chances that they did this off some dumb luck or just, well, let's just take a chance on them, they had firmer data than I think you're probably giving them credit for.
1: I'm not suggesting that they didn't have an inkling. I'm just saying they can afford to give that spot to a guy because even if, if Badu turned out to be nothing this year, well... They're not going to win the division this year anyway. And so, what's one year of a guy that you're really high on? I, I agree with that. I just think it was a it was an argument where the Twins thought they were going to be better this year. If the Twins didn't think they were going to be very good this season, they probably would have kept him, and they would have gotten rid of Orufet.
0: But but that's assuming that the Twins would have had him on the major league roster at some point this season, which it doesn't yeah, seem to me. And maybe not, but they a. didn't
1: need to, right? I mean, because they would have just let him have more at bats at AAA. I think it's just a good situation for Akil Bedu. I think it's a, well, yeah and for and the player
0: at, certainly. It just makes the well, Twins. Yeah. It makes the Twins scouting staff look stupid, I guess. Is what I I'm think,
1: but. It, but this happens to every organization, right? Like in some sense, you're going to lose guys that you like yeah, because you yeah. don't have space for them no, at any given time. I'm
0: not. You're making it seem as though what I'm trying to say is that each time a guy leaves an organization that succeeds elsewhere, the team that lost him made a giant mistake. That's not really the case. But I'm saying in this particular situation, Dan, clearly he was undervalued.
1: Well, yes, I could totally agree with you there. And again, I'm looking at the Detroit lineup today. Akiel Badu. Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, batting one, two, three, and they they killed the Twins this series
0: absolutely. Well, let that's a good segue here into Game Three because Scope Dan Scope looks like the 2019 Scope. He this seems to happen frequently with
1: Scope. I feel like, and maybe this is again just recency bias, confirmation bias. I feel like Scope hits the Twins really hard. I feel like he's, I mean, he was two for three with two runs and three RBI. He hit a home run and he crushed that home run. It was a no doubter. <laughs> yes, um,
0: I wasn't sure it was his longer or Donaldson's in Game Two. Too, I Donaldson's think Donaldson's only, was long. That was but, that was like where did it come down? I didn't even see it yeah. drop there.
1: Well, and and Jonathan Scope is also playing for a trade in some sense, yeah, too. So well, and he'll
0: he'll get it too, right? I think totally. no question Yeah, because um, he's up can, to.
1: His his OPS is eight hundred. His average is two is two eighty four. I mean, the guy looks good. Way better. I would argue he looks better than the 2019. Well, especially that,
0: that we he can play first or second base. That's a huge yeah. boon to any organization that gets him.
1: But the Twins, uh, they they lose this game seven to nothing. I don't they even- never <laughs> really. F- I mean, they I guess they had some. They had they were over eight with runners in scoring position, which surprised me because there were so many innings there where they just they just went out with a whimper.
0: Yeah. Well, it just seemed as though every inning there were guys on base and they could never move them or score them. Dan just couldn't happen.
1: Yeah, just not, not the kind of effort that we hoped to see out of the Twins here. Because now that drops them to 39 and 53, they're back to last place in the division. And I guess just about now they'll start. Well, after the White Sox series, then they'll go on a little run here, and uh, <laughs> we'll be right back where we started. It, it seems like they're going to hover around 12 games under 500 about all season.
0: That seems about right. Here, I saw—I forget if I saw it in print or if I heard somebody say that the Twins are basically just trying not to lose 100 games. Well, hopefully they can make that happen. Yeah, that's the goal here. But happen this one, Dan. My goodness, you I no you guy know, guy. I wasn't necessarily gonna bring him up, though he did throw seven <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> seven innings oh, yeah, this I,
1: game here. Yes, again. I suppose
0: in a vacuum, if I told you that he pitched seven innings, you probably thought, Oh, it's probably a probably pretty good outing for half here. Well, nope. I think nope. that means 11, less and less now. Eleven hits, seven earned runs. Four strikeouts, two home runs given up. Season ERA now, Dan. 6.15. Again, trade bait, ladies and gentlemen. He is on the block. Let us know what you'll offer.
1: You just got to look at the innings. Just Uh, look. (laughs) Oh, he went seven. Oh, that guy can really pitch. He must be really durable. He's an innings uh, uh, eater for a contender. 100 100 pitches, I guess, (laughs) right now. Yikes.
0: Oh, my goodness. Anything else on game three, Dan?
1: No, I think we should move on to the other segments. (laughs) Catch them all,
0: Kirby Puckett! Puckett's Picks Winner. Well, Dan, congratulations. I, I gotta admit, I was a little bit surprised. You are back this. in the win column here. So Puckett's picks here for this series. The listeners, the listeners, technically, we didn't give them a pick, but we gave them Larnick plus two, and he still couldn't get the job done in a series where the twins scored four runs. In three games, the twins scored four runs, but Dan comes away with the victory here for Puckett's picks. So Cruz comes away with the victory with four points. Kepler, who I took, unfortunately went negative two. Come on, buddy, what are you doing? And then Larnick, the with the two additional points, had three points. So he almost—it would have been interesting had he been able to take the victory away. And I would have loved to hear you complain, Dan, that we shouldn't have handicapped. Puckett's I would face. have complained absolutely. And you, and you had a negative score, Dave. How did that feel? It's not—it's not good. You know, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what this feels like. I assume this is just like one loss to humble me and then I'll be back to my winning ways. But yeah, this was not a fun one. Dan negative points. Well, it just, it makes me feel funny.
1: It doesn't feel good. But I have Cruz, and I, again, have found my winning
0: way. I hadn't I hadn't won one of these since the Yankee series. That was I'd, a long time ago. It's been a while here. It's so back when we had hope. Yeah, yes. Season record here. Dan has seven wins on the season. The listeners have eight, and I have 14. So I still have quite a lead.
1: Well, let's go to Beast versus Bench. Beast versus Bench. Is losing fun? Is losing fun. David... How do you how do you find a beast in a series where the Twins score four runs in three games?
0: Yeah, this one's rough, Dan. So I went through the box scores, I don't know, five times looking for who stood out as the beast. And I got to say, really, I think Donaldson is the only offensive position player choice. I'm going to go with Barnes, though. You know, he, yes. Did he pitch five innings? No. Did he get the loss? Yes. However... First major league start, only given up one run, got no help from his offense. I think he deserves the beast here, especially because no offensive player I think really deserves
1: Well, here's the deal. I mean, like, in that scenario, well, he wouldn't have gotten the win, of course, according to the rules, had he, because he didn't finish five he innings.
0: He didn't David. five innings, yeah.
1: True story. But though that, first of all, I think they should maybe change that for a shorter game. Like, this doesn't make a lot of sense in a seven inning game. Maybe this will be a moot point if they go away. But surely, couldn't they just make that four instead? I guess it doesn't matter.
0: With the seven, I mean, it's the same argument that we had with Baumgartner throwing the no-hitter in seven yeah. innings, right? It's the same thing. This impacts the stats in a way that we don't want to see it impacted.
1: And so thank goodness it sounds like Manfred's going to change that rule back. I went with Donaldson um, because of what you said. I mean, he, he had a great game two. He, he came out with some spirit in game three. The one drawback with game two, you know, he, he started with finally getting a two-out RBI hit. I think he was something like over for 18 or something like that in those situations. And then he gets a home run. But then he has that really costly ground in double play right after that, too, with the bases loaded. Um, I guess that's a downside, but at the same time, when you only get four runs and he drives in, what, two of them? Yeah. uh, It's hard to argue with anybody and put anybody else
0: on there. Yeah, I think that makes sense here. So who do you have on your bench? So this was
1: so many options, right? You know, I thought about Wirtvet because I'm frustrated that anybody on this team is batting 129. I went with Alex Kirloff because, you know, he, he did finally get a hit in his last at bat. I think he was 0 for 10 in the series up until that point. This was the kind of series and the kind of... So he, he had some opportunities in this. To win the game, to get him on the board, right? And you I just was waiting for that and he just didn't do it. Um if if Kirilov's just gonna strike out that much and play first base, they might as well have to have Sino out there. So Yes. I don't know. I but it's hard to it's hard to pick on one guy. I just felt like, you know, he's batting in the middle of the lineup and he didn't come through.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could have made an argument for almost anybody on the roster. Right. but And I think that it's important. I'd rather have Kirilov getting those at-bats, even if he's playing poorly, than Sano getting those at-bats and playing poorly. Well, maybe so. <laughs> see, maybe so. Like, like, yes, either way, both of them play poorly, but I think I'd still prefer Kirilov to get the extra at-bats under his...
1: Who, uh, who's on your bench?
0: Yeah, so I, I wanted to give it to Hap, but again, I'm not going to give it... I gave it to a pitcher for the beast, and so I don't want to give it a pitcher for the bench here. I'm going to give it to Jeffers. It's just one of those things where... He showed so much promise last year and he's been such a disappointment. Like, granted, if Jeffers was having a really good year with the twin season, look totally different. Probably not. But Garver's going to come back. And as opposed to taking this opportunity to cement himself as a starting catcher and, like, not necessarily just the backup, a little bit more of a 50 50 split with Garver. Garver's going to get every opportunity now for the rest of the season once he comes back.
1: And honestly, do you think they send Jeffers back down just so he can play regularly, kind of you, like they did before? You know,
0: I don't know. I don't. Know. It's a good question. Probably right. I mean, if the track record certainly seems to point that direction.
1: You you didn't mention the other guy who's been rehabbing, David. I don't know how you forgot, but Jake Cave <laughs> is also on the cusp. I watched returning a highlight to the Major of Jake Cave.
0: I watched a well, highlight of Jake Cave with the St. Paul Saints catching a ball deep center right field. It was great hey, maybe he would have caught that ball in game two. We'll see. So here's the thing I do need to point out about Jake Cave. His name in the article by Gleeman about the four other prospects that the Twins gave up, his name is scattered throughout that. The Twins have lost a lot of good players, Dan, due to Jake Cave. What is going on here? Lamont Wade probably being the most recent stinging uh, that the Twins are feeling.
1: Yeah, Lamont Wade's playing well for the Giants. That that does sting because I should rather have Lamont Wade right now than Jake Cave. But (laughs) you know what? We'll take him over Gilberto Celestino. I think at this point.
0: At this point, I still don't want to hit him too hard because I still think Celestino has an opportunity to succeed. In-
1: I think so too. Absolutely. I, you see, he's not ready yet. No, that's yes. that's my stance. Well, let's uh, let, let's go to Rocco's rewind here. <laughs> Rocco's rewind hard really to to do a lot of criticism of Rocco as we keep saying because the team's not very good yeah um, I would have maybe let Barnes get try to get through that trouble there in the fifth inning and just to see what would happen you don't know in this situation how, yeah obviously you have a double header here you've got a double header coming up in Chicago as well so you, you don't know right that this game's gonna go as the rest of it did but I, I wonder why not just let him pitch a little bit longer only 68 pitches I know he's in a tough spot
0: yeah it was rough though I mean I think it was single, walk, double. I, it's, it's tricky. First start. I can understand because it's still a winnable game at that point, so you don't want things to get out of hand. I mean, they only scored one run so far. So I understand the uh, the move by Racco here. I agree, though, at this point, the perspective does need to be a little bit different. Where, yeah, let the guy pitch. But then again, Dan, if you're going to say, oh, well, he should have pulled Barnes in this game, or he shouldn't have pulled then he should have pulled Hap, or he shouldn't have pulled. Hap. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of can't have it yeah. both ways, I guess. Oh, I was just gonna say I would have pulled Hap in Game Three, and I originally thought about leaving Barnes in, and then I, as I looked at like what had happened thus far in that game and when he got pulled, I was less willing to extend him the benefit of the doubt to continue pitching. But Hap absolutely should have been pulled.
1: Well, okay, so a, a couple things there, and I guess we're we're kind of talking about both of our rewinds at, at one point here. Yes. We have seen with Rocco how he treats Bailey Ober, for example. He's very protective of Bailey Ober, right? Doesn't want to get him into a, into a bad situation. He's had a, a quicker hook on him. I think he knows what he's got with Hap. And also, by the time Hap gave up that next home run, it was 5-0. <laughs> um, so it's a little – I can I can see where you're like, well, we have, again, this four-game series coming up in Chicago – Maybe we just let Hap kind of swallow another home run, whatever it takes. I, I don't know. I, I think the fact that they so the two factors that, that I see that are a little bit unique or different at least is that Barnes is pitching. he's the first starter of a seven game stretch, and then you've also got a, a veteran in Hap at the end of a series. Does that makes sense
0: yeah, i I guess I don't know. The biggest thing that I'm upset about though, Dan is one that you already mentioned, the Rogers robles combination being used well, incorrectly in Game 2, leading to the loss, of course.
1: We'll see. I, again, I would argue it didn't lead to the loss directly.
0: Absolutely, it did. That's, it. That's how it works, Dan. When you don't do the combination, the Twins lose. All right, let's move forward here, David. I'm <laughs> tired of arguing with you about that. <laughs>
1: Minnesota moment. That bloop single in game 2 just graded me. I talked about this earlier a bit where obviously if Buxton's out there he makes that play. Um I think Jake Cave makes that play. Just it it revealed that lack of depth the Twins have had at center field where the fact that Nick Gordon is out there doing an admirable job. This is not a slay a slap against Nick Gordon because I think he, the guy has not really played center field at all. Yeah. Right? You and I have played about as much major league center field as he has <laughs> before this, this season. That's the kind of play that they just haven't made. And defensively, man, they've been bad in in a way that we thought they were going to be so much better defensively with, with a guy like Simmons out there. And sure enough, it, it's, it's actually made them worse overall. I'd yes. See. Well, what's your moment there, sir?
0: Yeah, so it's got to be, I think in game one is when this play took place. But so there was a sharp liner hit to Donaldson. It, it bounced once and Donaldson couldn't handle it. Simmons plays the deflection beautifully and tosses the first to get the out. Just a cool play and like a heads-up play by Simmons because typically the shortstop isn't really backing up the third baseman, right? Like the left fielder is typically coming in to protect against an error from the third baseman. So for Simmons to be so alert to get the play and still get the out at first. I think that's what's even more impressive is not that like, he like caught the deflection and kept it to a single. No, he caught the deflection and then fired over to first to get the out. I just thought it was a really cool play.
1: All right, well, let's go to the musings. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauer's Musings.
0: So I, there's been a lot of talk in the news here about, The Twins trying to get an extension out of Buxton as well as Burrios. There's been a little bit more information released about the Buxton extension, but the Buxton deal that the Twins are offering seems to be a long-term deal worth $70 million with incentives. And that's the extent of what we know. And what's been sort of speculated by the Twins media is that if Buxton doesn't take the extension, the Twins are going to look to move Buxton. Now, whether they move him, this trade deadline seems unlikely, I think at this point, but over the course of the next offseason seems much more likely, especially if they can't lock him up on an extension. So my question is, Dan, do you, if you're Byron Buxton, do you sign the deal with the Twins?
1: I don't know. I The competitiveness of him makes me think you don't. You come back, you play as well as you can, right? Because he's always believed in himself yes. in that sense. He's always believed in his ability, and he's shown the ability to to be able to step up. So perhaps he waits where the timing aligns a little bit more with his leverage, right? His leverage is playing well on the field when he's out there playing to an all-star MVP level as he did in April. I don't know that I'm, that I would take it then unless it's, it's like, like you said, unless it's heavy laden with incentives, but I don't know that the union really loves those deals, especially for its big players, right? They they want Byron Buxton to get a $200 million contract. And I don't know. Not, I'm not saying that I would give him that, but please don't hear me saying that. I just think, well, you would
0: give him that, but the league won't. well, I,
1: well, I might well, I would with incentives, right? I think that that's the compromise. I think that's a reasonable compromise for Byron Buxton because let's be honest, the guy has not played. He's only played what thirty games this season for the Twins. Yeah,
0: that's my thinking is that the Twins offering a contract now is smart, especially if it is heavily based on playing time, right? Like I think that's a big piece of it. If you have a base level of seventy million, that's a lot of money for Byron even if he may be worth $200 million if he doesn't sign the extension. But the thing is, Dan, if he's not worth $200 million, he's going to be worth considerably less. It's not like $200 million is like the cap, and then he might just play a little bit worse than that. No, it's all going to be based upon his health. So if the incentive is particularly whether you're on the field or not, the way that the Twins have layered out this contract, I assume with the incentives, it's the best of both worlds for Buxton because he can still make a lot of extra money And he wouldn't even make that money if he's not on the field to get a larger contract later.
1: That's a good point. But again, I come back to, I don't think the union likes those deals. In in a league that has guaranteed contracts, you want to get as much money guaranteed as possible. And he's probably thinking, or he could be thinking, or his agent is thinking, Buxton, somebody will pay you more than that. Well, and here's my issue too. So... I, I've seen some people critical of this on social media and things like this. Of Well, why would you give Byron Buxton any money until he proves it? Well, Byron Buxton is the Twins' best ticket to a World Series yeah. right now. And so if he is healthy and he plays, he gives them a chance like nobody else right now to win a World Series.
0: Even with Buxton on your team, though, you can do nothing without pitching.
1: Uh, that's true too, and that and that's where the Barrios deal comes in. And I think they need to pay Barrios too because he's entering his prime. It's different than the other times when they've had great pitchers, and they really haven't had that many great pitchers in the last fifteen twenty years, right? I mean, we can we can look at Johan uh, Santana. There's Hanna. a few.
0: I mean, but the fact that we could name them is the problem, right? It's I mean, not it, like we have right, to remember exactly. fifteen guys' names. We got to name maybe four.
1: I, I think Barrios is a surer bet as much as oh, anybody. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. To to earn the twenty million a year at least that he would fetch.
0: Uh, what do you have here from Maurer's musings, Dan?
1: So another guy we have not talked about much this episode because he barely played was Miguel Sano. And I just wonder, what is the plan here with Sano? He's been on the bench really as much as he's been in the field for the last three weeks, four weeks probably. Yeah. Is the deal, and I think this is the plan, but is it basically, all right, well, Nelson Cruz, when Nelson Cruz is traded, then Miguel Sano slots into the DH and he gets that regular playing time?
0: I mean, that makes logical sense, assuming that Buxton isn't back and some of these other guys haven't come back. Because I don't know if Sanoa is the best bat option you have if the rest of the team is healthy.
1: I just think he's going to have a week or two there, I would think, between those things. Between when Cruz gets traded and when Buxton comes back, for him to, again, try to prove himself. Because he has looked serviceable, right? Lately in this in this role this seems to be a better role for him right now to yeah. not play every day. Um so I'm hoping that this time he's working with batting coaches and he's he's fine tuning some things. He's learning how to not chase that low and away slider. Um and maybe he'll come back a refreshed hitter where he's playing enough now to keep him, you know, in the game, uh but and then he's ready to really unleash in some sense when
0: when he does come back full time. Here's to hoping. It is funny I saw an advertisement from the Twins Talking about the boom saver bobblehead that they're doing for Nelson Cruz, July twenty sixth.
1: Ooh. That's pushing it there.
0: I am curious, what happens if he gets traded do they still do that giveaway?
1: Maybe they just send them all to the next team and they, and they just have them paint a new jersey, a new hat on their for You hope
0: the team color scheme is somewhat close, yeah. You hope so, right? Maybe yeah. they'll trade them to... who's The Mariners, are,
1: they have kind of a blue in theirs, right? Oh. Maybe the Mariners have a bunch still from, from earlier, from a few years ago <laughs> that they can, can, can just next, send out.
0: Like the, the older one has more wrinkles than the bobble. <laughs> there you go, yeah.
1: All Compare right. them. Compare his complexion.
0: Let's push here. Series grades, Dan Thompson. Uh-huh
1: series grades David I so badly want to be able to find some disagreement here there's just, just none there's none to be just had Dan. but we keep seeing this right it's just feast or famine it's an F because they they scored four runs in I know it wasn't a full 27 innings but you know
0: four runs three games it was bad it was bad I don't know what else you want us to say okay, let's go then here Puckett's picks Dan for the White Sox here and we'll see you tomorrow night. Puckett's picks
1: so this is the part normally where I pick first, right, David? But yeah. I don't, I'm not doing that yeah. this time. Yeah. You, you're going to have to pick first here after I the know. listeners, of course.
0: Yeah. So the listeners took Donaldson here. I'm going back to my boy Arise. I left you, Luis. I'm so sorry. I have returned. And I know that Josh Donaldson yelled at you. I'm sorry about that. It'll be fine. I am confident that you're going to show those White Sox what the deal is.
1: Well, and maybe, who knows, maybe John, Josh Johnson won't even be with this team much longer. Could be. Know, we'll so see. I assume we'll if you're taking Cruz. I have to take Cruz. There's nobody else here with, with any consistency right now. I I, I would love to take Sano, obviously, but uh, Sano's nowhere near no. being a full-time player right now. So Cruz, until, I'll tell you what, when Cruz is traded, then I will take Sano the next time, <laughs> in good faith, to slot into that spot in my picks.
0: It could be a good move. You never know.
1: Well, I think that's all we got, David. Yeah,
0: that's all. I think you want to send us out here, Mr. Thompson.
1: I do. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter at MinForTheWin. You can find our MinForTheWin Facebook page as well. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you're notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that would be great. Thanks for listening. And as always, go twins.
0: That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!